Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based Gastroenterology and ACG Publication, with Dr. Ravi Vajravelu, who is our Associate Editor, and we'll be discussing his summary, which he entitled, Family Matters, Increased Risk of Colorectal Cancer Among Individuals with Family History of Polyps. That summary reviews a recent publication in the British Medical Journal, which was entitled, Risk of Colorectal Cancer in First-Degree Relatives of Patients with Colorectal Polyps. This is a nationwide case control study in Sweden. So welcome, Ravi. And just to start, why is this topic of uh, a family history of polyps important to our patients? Well, thanks for having me back, Phil. I'm really looking forward to discussing this paper with you. Um, you know, to start off, this is an important subject for each of us as gastroenterologists because it's something that we deal with day in and day out in terms of screening colonoscopy. The, as you know, the U.S. gastroenterology societies have been recommending earlier CRC screening for individuals with family history of advanced colon polyps since the initial guidelines that came out in 1997. Uh, so this touches a lot of our patients. Uh, but the evidence for those initial recommendations was mainly an extrapolation of data showing earlier development of colorectal cancer among people who had a family history of colorectal cancer, not just a family history of colon polyps. You know, we think that this extrapolation is reasonable and intuitive because people who develop advanced colon polyps may have later developed colorectal cancer if they hadn't had a colonoscopic intervention themselves. So we see the logic for this, but this uh, extrapolation hasn't been universally accepted by other societies like the USPSTF, American Cancer Society, British Society for Gastroenterology. They haven't addressed high-risk screening related to family history of colon polyps in any iteration, any of the recent iterations of their guidelines. And so, mm -hmm. so just to reiterate what you said a little bit there, we have clear recommendations about how or when to start screening in individuals with a family history of colon cancer, the data about when to start screening in individuals with a family history of colon polyps uh, is based on more limited data. Absolutely. Yeah. And that limited data is mostly in the form of observational research studies that have attempted to quantify the risk of colorectal cancer in people whose family members had advanced polyps. The problem is that many of these studies had major biases that make it difficult to apply the study conclusions to our clinical practices. And so, like we talked about at the beginning, sorting this out could help determine whether family history of polyps should be used as a factor to personalized colorectal cancer screening starting age. And so given the rising incidence of early age onset colorectal cancer, this could make an impact on early detection of polyps and colorectal cancer among younger people. And my impression is that the design of this 
nationwide case control study in Sweden is optimal for assessing this issue. And we're gonna discuss that in a moment, but I did wanna just pause here and reiterate what are the current US multi-society task force recommendations for screening in people with a family history of colon cancer or family history of at least advanced adenomas. Do you wanna go over that briefly for the audience? Absolutely. Yeah. So according to a recent update, um, the starting age for colorectal cancer screening is between 45 and age 50. Um, if a person were to have a family member, a first degree family member who had uh, colorectal cancer, that person should start screening at the earlier of age 40 or 10 years before uh, the family member's first colorectal cancer screening, or first colorectal cancer diagnosis. If that first degree family member was under age 60 at the time of diagnosis, uh, the, uh, the patient should undergo colorectal cancer screening at least every five years. If the family member was over the age of 60 at first colorectal cancer diagnosis, the family member should undergo colorectal cancer screening every 10 years, no, no more than every 10 years. And in the current guidelines, an advanced adenoma is in, a, in the family member is considered equivalent to colorectal cancer. The definition of advanced adenoma is any polyp greater than one centimeter three or more adenomatous polyps in a single colonoscopy, villus, tubular villus, or traditional serrated adenoma by histology, or also high-grade dysplasia by histology. So I think that's a really key point to emphasize before we get started, that if your first-degree family member has an advanced adenoma based on the definition that you just gave, then you start at age 40 with your screening. And if that family member was diagnosed before the age of 60, then you start at age 40 and you get a repeat screening colonoscopy at least every five years. Um, and, but if it was a non-advanced adenoma that right now we're not recommending that you start screening any earlier than age 45, which is what is the starting age for average risk screening. Nevertheless, you know, this is a study that's going to help us understand if having a, a his, family history of colon polyps increases your risk and, and maybe a helpful thing to get people to get colonoscopy in the first place. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what these investigators did in their nationwide case control study in Sweden to assess uh, an association between a family history of colon polyps and risk of colon cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like you mentioned, the overarching one-liner for this study is that Dr. Song and colleagues used the Swedish National Health Registries to design a case control study, and that the goal of this study was to assess whether individuals with first-degree family members, and those were parents and full siblings in the study, if those first-degree family members had colorectal polyps, 
did the uh, patient have a higher have higher odds of being diagnosed with colorectal cancer themselves? And so they were able to overcome some of the limitations of previous studies that we described earlier because the Swedish health registries are probably the most comprehensive in the world. Unlike other data sources, they have medical diagnosis data that's linked to histopathology and also linked to family history. It's hard to imagine nationwide data sources in the United States that have any of that information. And so using this data, what they did, the authors did was determine the number of people who were diagnosed with colorectal cancer. uh, And then they found those people, whether those people had first degree family members who had previously been diagnosed with colorectal polyps. They also identified some people who did not have colorectal cancer and looked at their first degree family members to see if they had colorectal polyps. And then they used a statistical technique called conditional logistic regression in order to calculate the odds of whether someone with the first degree family member of, with colorectal polyps uh, will have colorectal cancer themselves. And so they were able also to adjust for other factors that can can, uh, contribute to colorectal cancer diagnosis, such as sociodemographics, medical comorbidities, and healthcare utilization uh, to take those out of the picture when getting our results. So so what did the study results show and what did the authors conclude? Mm So the authors present a lot of data, a lot of tables, a lot of graphs in this study, but I think the main takeaway is that having a first degree family member with uh, any type of colorectal polyp increases the personal risk of colorectal cancer by about 40%. And that risk was higher if there are more first degree relatives with polyps or first degree, or if the first degree relatives were diagnosed with polyps at younger ages. So, Certainly, those two points are consistent with part of what we do with the U.S. multi-society task force recommendations that if you have multiple polyps, that goes along with that advanced adenoma higher risk category. And certainly, the younger the family member is when they're diagnosed with colon polyps also seems to be associated with an increased risk. So having said that, any case control study is always faced with some limitations. What are some of the cautions you might offer about how we interpret the data from this study? Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, There's no perfect study and case control studies are definitely among them. The issue goes back to one of the big issues goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It, the, the definition of an advanced polyp by the multi-society task force uh, is like a four-pronged definition. Mainly the size of the polyp and the histology are important factors. But the way that the histopathology is recorded in the Swedish registers, especially the older data going back decades, the authors weren't able to determine size of polyps. And then they also had some issues with histology, namely that serrated, uh, sessile serrated polyps couldn't confidently be um, distinguished from hyperplastic polyps, which we don't believe to have any malignant potential. And so because of this, the odds ratios that the authors present in this study for advanced polyps, how they classify advanced polyps, um, need to be taken with a grain of salt. 
One other important limitation uh, relevant to how we practice in the United States is that there isn't universal CRC screening in Sweden. And so it's possible that there's a bias in the study results that family or that people who have a family history of polyps seek additional healthcare that ultimately diagnoses them with CRC, whereas those without a family history of polyps don't seek CRC, uh, don't seek that care and they're not diagnosed with CRC during the study period. I, I will say that the authors did attempt to um, address these concerns in several sub-analyses and these consistently demonstrate an association between family history of polyps and CRC. And so I think my takeaway for this whole study is the magnitude of the association should be taken with a grain of salt, but the overall consistency of the results does suggest that the association between family history of colon polyps and colorectal cancer, uh, that there is an association that exists. I, I think that's a really good point to emphasize that first, there could be some ascertainment bias because in a healthcare setting such as Sweden, because individuals with a family history of colon polyps might be more likely to seek out colorectal cancer screening care. And so the magnitude of the association here, which was a 40% increased risk, might be a little bit higher than, uh, than it truly is. Although the investigators really did the best they could to try to correct for that. Having said that, again, the consistency of the results show that a family history of, of colon polyps does definitely seem to be associated with an increased risk of colon cancer. Now, we mentioned the guidelines a little bit earlier. You know, what do you do in your own practice? Because I'm sure that patients sometimes say to you, hey, my brother, my mom, my dad, they got a colonoscopy, they had colon polyps. What's that mean for me? Um, you know, what do you say to patients and what do you recommend to them in terms of timing and frequency of colonoscopy? Yeah. You know, I try to be as concordant with the multi-society task force guidelines as possible. And um, I think one of the reasons that that's important to me is because we can consider family history almost to be a modifiable risk factor for colorectal cancer. It sounds funny to say that because family history is obviously genetically determined, but unlike other cancers, we can screen patients uh, more intensively and prevent cancer at the polyp stage. And so the current multi-society task force guidelines recommend earlier screening for patients with a family history of polyps only if there's good evidence that a family member had advanced polyps. Uh, and as you know, this is really hard to get that good evidence um, because most patients, uh, if they often don't know about their family members' colonoscopy results, and those that do, like the ones you were mentioning, aren't sure about the details of those polyps. That, and that makes a difference in when we're trying to decide if they should have earlier screening or not. Um, to try and prevent this, I actually start at the patient who's had the colonoscopy. You know, I'll, a lot of us do open access colonoscopy. And so when I have a patient who I've done a colonoscopy on and that person meets the criteria for advanced polyps that we described earlier, I encourage them to discuss with their first degree family members, particularly their siblings and also um, their children to 
talk to their own doctors about advanced screening. And to help facilitate that, I provide clear language about the polyp findings in the colonoscopy discharge reports, especially for those people who have big polyps. And then also in the pathology letters um, when there's advanced histology. So that way the family or the person who have done the colonoscopy on has something to give their family members to, that can be hopefully eventually find its way to that family member's uh, provider so that there are clear instructions to start earlier screening and so that there hopefully will be fewer people who fall through the cracks. So there are a couple of great points there. I do think that as GI doctors, we want to provide more information to our patients about histologically what we're finding about the number of polyps, the size of those polyps to our patients so they can inform their family members while recognizing that we'd like our patients to obtain this data from their family members who are diagnosed with colon polyps, but that frequently it's unavailable. Um, and again, it, this is a little bit nuanced, but it's important for our audience members to recognize that start at age 40, if there's a family history of colon cancer or a family history of advanced adenomas diagnosed as greater than a centimeter, villus histology, three or more adenomas or serrated uh, polyps and do it every 10 years for screening if the family member was diagnosed after the age of 60, but screen at least every five years if the family member was diagnosed before the age of 60. So it, it's a bit detailed and, it, and uh, that's why I'm repeating it again for the audience to uh, understand those nuances of the uh, task force guideline recommendations. Okay, anything else, Ravi? Yeah, I think to emphasize on this study, they, I think the key is that so many of the uh, sub-analyses that these authors did were consistent. And that makes us more confident in our multi-society task force recommendations that you just outlined. Um, but uh, again, because of the limitations that we just dis discussed, I, I would caution people from sharing, you know, the 40% risk, increased risk with our patients and things like that, because we can't have confidence in the magnitude of those associations. Are there any topics for future research that you think need to be addressed? You know, but it's a really tricky situation because, you know, the ideal study for this would, off, would be probably a prospective study in a setting where there's universal colorectal cancer screening and we can compare rates of colorectal cancer and family members or people who have family history polyps to those who don't. But it's really unlikely that this is going to happen because it's going to take really long follow-up and it'd be an enormous sample size. And then like we talked about before, there aren't a lot of high quality data sources that can provide the level of nuance available in these Swedish registries, at least now. But, you know, in the future, there's potential sub-analyses or re-analyses of this data because uh, the Swedish registers will improve to have better and more nuanced histology data. And they also are moving towards more universal screening in some areas of Sweden. And so we'll, we'll be able to assess some of the limitations that we talked about 
before and maybe get more confidence on the magnitude of the associations. Uh, also, you know, I think you, you've mentioned in the past that simulation studies could be a useful adjunct uh, to help us get a better idea of when to personalize screening, if that age 40 is the number that makes sense, or it could be a different number in, in the future. Well, that, those are a couple of good points, that further research might help in the future as we try to personalize colorectal cancer screening, and that improvements in the Swedish database might help more precisely estimate the magnitude of the effect of family history. Having said that, I think we need to recognize this is some of the, the best data we're likely to get on this topic, given the study design, and uh, appreciate that, you know, these are going to be the limitations we're going to be faced with when we're making these recommendations to uh, patients. Okay, with that, we're going to conclude. Um, thanks very much for joining us today, Ravi, and we'll be talking again soon. All right. Thanks, Phil.